Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special. Welcome to today's edition of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to yet another new Redemption Press author, Vicki Weidel, author of The Messy Narrow Road. So let me give her a proper introduction. Vicki is a follower of Christ, wife, mother, and a 35-year veteran of the messy, narrow road. She's dedicated to continue learning God's word, character, and heart. The Lord has used personal trials as well as ministry involvement in Bible study fellowship and celebrate recovery as training ground for growth. She loves to encourage others and offer struggling travelers a helping hand by sharing what God has taught her through the mess. Let's roll that conversation. Well, I am so excited, Vicki, that you could be with us today on the All Things Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. You bet. So, Vicki, before we jump in and talk about your new book, I would just love for our listeners to hear a little bit about how God kind of works behind the scenes in your life in that Romans 828 way where he works all things, even the bad things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So let's just start there with whatever your favorite Romans 828 story is. Okay. Um, I, when I think of Romans 828, I think of um, looking at really a hopeless situation and kind of like the um, Joseph, you know, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Um, And in this situation, our family deals with mental illness. Um, I've dealt with depression all my life. And I didn't realize at the time when I had children that I was passing that on to them. And um, when, and I can share this boldly because um, my daughter, Hannah, it's part of her testimony and she really praises the Lord through it and is ready to talk to anybody that she can talk to about Jesus um, and how he used this situation. Um, But when uh, we, I struggled with knowing how to parent, which I think is kind of normal 
because there's no manual. I mean, we have scripture, but there's no like, this is what you do then. So um, I really thought I could mold um, my children's hearts with God's word. I thought that when he said, you know, teach a child that I'm supposed to like pour it into them. And I have this molding ability, had a lot lot of assumptions um, that I had, I think, just um, come up with myself. And when I was, when we were raising them, I, that's what I really struggled with most is really thinking that I had the ability to shape a, a heart. Um, so when, by the time they were teens, our house was very volatile, um, not volatile, volatile as in, let me back up. It wasn't really volatile. I mean, no one was throwing things and things like that. Very volatile within, um, lots of frustration, lots of strong emotions, um, were happening in all of us and, um, by the, and our, and through many of the years, there was suicidal ideology in, um, our daughters. And by the time, um, our daughters were 18, they're twins, they're twins. And, um, by the time they were 18, our family was fractured. We were girls on one side, you know, our daughters on one side and, mom and dad on the other. And we were a mess. We were a hot mess. And, um, so by the time, um, they were 18, there was really no communication. Um, there was, it was just, it was not pretty. So during this time, um, our daughter Hannah, um, tried to take her life and I received the phone call and I was out of state, um, visiting my sister. And when I um, got the phone call, And just all we found out was that she was in the hospital. She had been found unconscious and she was still unconscious. And so when my husband called me, we knew exactly what it was. But, you know, first responders and those in the um, emergency room, they're not willing to take that leap because they don't have the the science to back it. But we would be shocked if it wasn't that. Um, And it was what we had always dreaded. And so when we, um, my husband had already made it to the hospital by the time I got there, um, you know, I got on the first plane and got there by the time I arrived, um, you know, you're just undone. And there was a time it took 24 hours for her to wake up. And during that time period, she was, um, I think the words posturing, which means she was showing signs of brain damage. And so we're just, the doctor's saying, you know, if she doesn't wake up in 36 hours, you know, she probably won't. Um, we don't know how she's going to wake up. And so, you know, we're picturing her in a diaper. We're picturing her with like complete bed rest. I mean, we don't know, or not bed rest, but just in bed, full 24 hour care, just not knowing what she's going to be. And my hope through all this struggle is that Hannah wouldn't lose herself being Hannah because she's a precious girl. Both our girls, such quality, such beauty within that I had seen raising them, and um, and just character that God had wired in them, um, in their personality. And so, anyways, whenever I was sit, standing by her bedside um, during this time when she, w- I couldn't pray, I couldn't talk, um, I couldn't, um, I couldn't think. And my best friend, Kelly, was with me the whole time. And she took my hand and she said, um, Vicki, what are the attributes of God? And I couldn't think of a one. I, I mean, my mind was blank. And she started saying creator, sustainer. She just started rattling him off slowly. 
with pausing in between. And then finally I started saying, Redeemer, I would come up with one and then she would come up with one and I would come up with one. And we were kind of bouncing back and forth. And then they were rattling off so fast in my head and out my mouth. She couldn't get a word in edgewise. Hmm. It was God taking me from my situation to who he is. And that was all it took. He's sufficient. Nothing had changed, but he had changed me on the inside. He had lifted my despair. It was still very dark, but he had lifted me in a time that I needed some lifting. Then when she, um, she did wake up, she woke up with the same ideology in her head, but, um, and it was not good. And this was in 2010. For five years, we had no conversation. So when you say um, the same ideology, she was still thinking suicide was her best option. She was horrified she woke up, mm. horrified, um, because she had really meant to, to be successful. And, wow. um, but I told her, I said, you know what? God has numbered your days, and he tells you when your time is done here. Yep. And you can think you have control over that, but you don't. And here's the irony of this. I still didn't realize I didn't have control. Hmm. It's so weird how you can say what you know or or but yet at the same time, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't apply it to myself. Right. You know, just my arrogance, my pride, oh, full throttle. I was determined to save my child and I was determined to save both of them. And Hannah had was showing the highest risk right now. And so um we, you know, it was, like I said, we were fractured. It didn't work. Um, for five years, we had no contact. And if we saw each other, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Somebody said something. My eyes, I'm sure, were glaring like darts. It was ugly. Um, and so five years later, God had been working in me a lot. He had used a lot in Celebrate Recovery always in his word and celebrate recovery is Christ Christian based. It's, it's biblically based, it's Christ based and Christ centered. And so um, between celebrate recovery and just being in his word, God was really working in me to look at me, Mm. to not look at my girls, to not look at my husband, but to look at me. And he was teaching me, you are your biggest problem, Vicki. You think it's this situation. You think it's, mental illness. You think it's whatever, but whatever it is, you are your biggest problem. You're with yourself 24 seven. You're in your brain 24 seven. That's why God says capture our mind because we are always present and accountable. So, um, but the fast forward to that, um, he was working in Hannah, you know, that we, um, she'd been to a couple of treatment centers during the five year period. Um, and you're saying the five-year period after she attempted suicide? Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, she went to one treatment center beforehand. Okay. okay. And then that one was really solid. Then she went to another one that was not helpful. But, um, but you know, God can use a donkey. And that's mm-hmm. what I love mm-hmm. is that it doesn't matter, like, where you're at. If you're at the perfect one, whatever. Um, but he, he was tucking the things that she was learning into her mind and she was meeting other people. She was learning situations. Situations were teaching her. 
you know, we're, we're the family of hard knocks. That seems to be the only way we learn. And I think that's kind of common probably, mm-hmm. cause, you know, we're just stubborn humans. But um, while he was working on her, God was working on her. He was working on me. Right. And um, it was really precious because she invited, she got married during this time period. Both our daughters got married during the time period that we had no contact with them. And um, on her, she was having a reception at her house after she got married. And um, at this reception, she, or for this reception, she invited me, which I thought was a huge, huge move on her part. It's because he was working on her. Mm. Well, praise God, she didn't have the same mama that came to that reception. And I remember um, just saying to her, you know, Hannah, if you ever want to meet for coffee, or we don't do coffee. I did Cokes and she did, didn't do <laughs> didn't do Cokes, but I just want to meet for a drink or um, or ice cream, you know, give me a call on the same number. And um, she texted me later. She said, all of the above. I want to go for a Coke. I want to go for ice cream. I want to go for everything. It's like, oh my word, she was so hungry for family. And I was so hungry for her. And it was so precious what God was doing because he was, um, he had softened my heart. He had broken me where I needed to be broken. And he had softened her heart and broken her where she needed to be broken. And we came together and we were ready to try. And it was wonky and we didn't know what we were doing. And and I just kind of just talked to her real real. I just said, you know, Hannah, I don't know how to do this. So I, I need you to help me with if I step over, if I start being controlling, I just, I'm going to need help, you know, and she was all in and she was like, there was no judgment to her. She's always been really heavy and um, grace for others, hard on herself. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I, I could use that. <laughs> Right, you know, right. Not, not, not heart, not just you know, beat up yourself, but just to truly go. You're a hot mess. Have grace on others, mm-hmm. grace on yourself, you know. But just, anyways. Um, but what I loved was she, she was with a dangerous man as her, um, who she got married to, but she, um, she had Jesus, and Jesus was carrying her through that marriage, um. Through that marriage, it was three years. She was with him three years. Um, there was a lot of drugs and alcohol involved, and he ended up. Um, there was a lot of. Um, she was compliant, so there wasn't abuse, but there was abuse. Right. That made sense. Yeah. Um, so she. Um, what ended up being the the crescendo was he, you know, threatened to shoot one dog that they had that he had brought home, and she was like, "I'll take him to the pound." I'll take it to the pound. That one to the pound. Well, then he brought home another dog later and did the same threat again. She said, I will take him to the pound. And this time he was like, nope, the dog is dying. So he shot the dog in the backyard. And the the act of God before that, she had a friend there that saw that witness. Not witness the shooting, but witness the threat. Mm-hmm. And, and so she was an eyewitness. And then when she called Hannah to check on her, um, and during this time, I am, we're in relationship, she and I, but you can't protect someone from themselves and you can't, you know, drag someone out of the house um, and keep them safe. They have to be ready. They have to do it on their own. They have to um, be brought to that point. And um, anyways, through it all, because he did shot, 
in city limits and all this, it got the police involved for the first time. And so that, um, it got her free. Mm. It got her um, with a VPO and all that. But I just praise God that we were with her during that time to help her, just to support her with love through that time. And um, it was so beautiful because through that time, she was growing in her voice. And there was a time she was like, Mama. <laughs> I was so proud of her. She was getting her voice, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, Which she probably didn't have with him. She, Oh, my word. In my word, no. She knew she didn't have it with him. If she ever tried, it got ugly. So she, um, you know, after the divorce, she lived with us for a while and we just couldn't believe it. I mean, there was a point where, um, she said, you know what, I, what do you guys think about? We have, you know, we live on a small acreage. She said, what about, um, if I build a tiny house back there? And I said, that sounds awesome. The fact that we were all three, like measuring it out, trying to figure out where it could go. So excited. That is such a redemptive story to Mm. think of where we've been. It didn't happen. Actually, she's being, uh, she's getting married in two weeks and um, her daddy has given her away. Aww. And it's just been, it's a tiny wedding. It's in our house. It's a small gathering, but it's, it's full of Jesus. She's so full of Jesus. And mm. that, that, to me, that's my Romans 28, 28. It's like, he will work all, all things. And the working is painful and it's messy and it's, it's not what you want, but man, do you ever want the results of it? Yes. That's what's worth it. It's so (sighs) we don't say bring it on, but we do say bring on the transformation. And if that's the only way it comes, then God, you're good. Mm. And your goodness, it, it, if it comes with pain, it comes with, glorifying you to, at least at the end of the day yeah working through it you use it all nothing's wasted and right. it's it's just continuation of you know being and he got is teaching me how to be okay in the mess yeah you know yeah. not be threatened by the mess that's so good which which leads us into we've only got about three or four minutes so yeah. tell us about your new book and how God took you from that experience and how he worked the idea of the book and the writing of it. Before our girls, before I was together with Hannah, um, God was working with, through me, through my quiet time. Um, as I was going over the, um, just reading over scripture, a phrase or two words would come out, would pop out. And, um, they just, I just kind of meditate on, kind of see them in a whole different light. And then as I would think about them, a rhyming phrase would come with them. And I was like, okay, a little too much Dr. Seuss growing up. That's weird because it happened over and over again. And then after a while, I was like, I'm just going to write these down. They turned into poems. I'm not a poet. I, I don't like poetry. <laughs> um, I, and so that's been, it's been fun to just see what God does. And so my hope, why I've never written a book. This is my first book. And, and I feel like God wrote it because I don't do poetry and it's all about his word. It's all about who he is and his character, because I think as believers, we need to know, no one tells us the road is messy, but it's so beautiful because he's using all the mess to make a message, his message of love, of grace, of mercy, of redos, of 
just that he's faithful. Everything he claims to be, he is. Mm. And that's why I wanted to write this. I wanted to encourage. It's not a big read. It's short devotionals, short poems, because I wanted people who don't even like to read to get encouraged to know you're not alone. He uses the mess and to transparency with him and others who are walking the narrow road. That is the sweetest way to live life. You find out you can encourage each other. Your your witness and your sharing encourages each other, and um, it strengthens you. It bolsters you up. It reminds you of what you need to be remembered, remembering that they remind you of. And so that's that's the whole purpose of it. I love that. So if we have some people today listening who um, just would love to find you on social media or on your website or what, where's the best place for them to reach out to you if they want to connect with you? Uh, you know, I am slowly learning the social media, but I am on Instagram. It's just my name, Vicki J. Waddell. I am on Facebook, Vicki J. Waddell, but I am um, really, so I hope that they won't, um, they will reach out to me and we'll talk. But I, I just, I'm like I said, I'm still learning this, so I, I don't want them to be disappointed. Does that make sense? So you don't have a huge platform on Facebook or, or Instagram, but that's where you are right now, that's and that's where right you now. can be um, found and connected yes. with. Yes. That's perfect. And yes. um, just thank you so much for sharing. What an amazing story of how God could use an attempted suicide, uh, a failed attempt yeah, and God. and yeah. bring it full circle yeah. to i mean now all she wants to do is tell people about jesus <laughs> she like, yes absolutely whoa. she loves jesus and she she realizes that he's the center of her life yeah. and she just wants to tell anybody that wants to hear and mm. she's just a beautiful beautiful share and i just my, to me as long as there's breath there's hope yeah and so i hope the same for my emma yeah. um i love my emma so, but I yeah. love also how God took you aside and said, "Yeah, quit looking at your daughter and let's look at you." You know, yeah, you got that you're a hotness lady. <laughs> and, and powerful. We got, he had some words with me, and he still yeah. does. And you know, we're a work in progress. So. We are, we are. But that's so good that you that you were humble enough to be able to say. I'm just as messed up, if not more than you are. So I'm going to work on me. God's going to work on you. And that's exactly yeah. what he did. Amen. I love that. Amen. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. I have really, I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.